The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. This show is going to be singularly focused today. Ryan Brown will join me in just a moment. Not only is he one of our columnists here at BSM, he is the host of, I don't know what you would call it, podcast, digital radio show, whatever, of the next round that actually asked Charles Barkley the question and got the news that Charles Barkley was going to uh, meet with the Live Tour officials, I guess uh, specifically with Greg Norman, right? That meeting happened earlier this week. Uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, when it comes out, we are going to dive into nothing but Barkley and Live Tour talk on this episode. That is coming up in just a moment, though. First, I wonder what the market is. Should Rich Eisen hit free agency before the NFL season begins? Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports was the first to report that Eisen's contract is set to run out before the kickoff of the 2022 NFL season. NFL Network obviously would like to keep the guy around. He is the face of their network and has been ever since it launched in 2003. But the fact of the matter is there is plenty of money in the NFL's coffers right now, particularly because of their media contracts, and don't think that has gone unnoticed by anybody in this business. And Rich Eisen looks around and he sees all of the money that is going to people like Joe Buck, like Troy Aikman, like Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels this offseason, and he says, hey, I work directly for the company that is getting all of the revenue from these deals. Not the None of the companies, none of the networks having to pay out to the NFL. Certainly, my contract should reflect that, and I hope Rich Eisen gets his money. However, I do wonder what the market would be for him should he hit free agency. Does he have the leverage that he's hoping he does here? Because ESPN and Amazon and Fox, if you add in the Tom Brady deal, shelled out big money for people that are directly working on games. Rich Eisen is a studio host. He is probably one of the very best NFL studio hosts we have. But what is the value of that? To And I'm just throwing out a hypothetical here. What is the value of that to somebody like a CBS, like a Fox, like even an Amazon, right, who just hired Carissa Thompson? That's the other part of this. What it is that Rich Eisen is best at, a lot of these seats are already filled. So listen, I hope the guy gets his money. I think he deserves to be the highest paid person at NFL Network. I just don't know that he is in a uh, position of strength the way anyone would think he is given the money that got thrown around for NFL broadcasters this year. So I think all of you in the media industry probably owe my guy Ryan Brown and his crew at the next round a hearty thank you because they they have created um, content for about two weeks now off of the scoop they got that Charles Barkley would be meeting with the Live Tour about a role in broadcasting. Uh, Ryan, you and I will talk about our thoughts on this coming up in just a second. But first, I do want to ask you a little bit about how this came about. What you heard, what you knew when. I know you guys have had a good relationship with Barkley for a long time because of how much time he spends uh, in his hometown of Leeds, which is in the Birmingham market. But how much did you know 
he was going to be able to divulge when you asked him that question? Uh, I, I didn't know what he would say, to be honest with you. he um, I do know that Charles is a very straightforward guy. I think anybody that's watched Charles knows that. You don't have to know him personally. But, you know, we've had a personal relationship with Charles, um, the guys on my show and myself, for a very long time. And he's always shot straight with us. He's always been honest with us. And I think, you know, Charles knows that we're, we're not going to put him in a bad spot or anything like that. I had heard the rumor um, from a guy that um, I got a good friend that's got very close connections to professional golf. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he's like, man, I, I, I heard this random rumor the other day. You need to ask Barkley next time you see him that, he, uh, that the live tour is after him. I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to see him in a couple days. I'll ask him. And uh, that's how all that came about. And I just set it up, asked him the question. He gave an honest answer. So there was no before you guys went live. Because for people that don't know, the next round, it is somewhere between a radio show and a podcast. I think last time you and I talked, we settled on calling it digital audio, right? Like it is is live. It is on the internet. I guess like before you guys went live, before uh, those mics turned on, you didn't say anything to the effect of, just so you know, I'm going to ask you about this. Yeah, the only hint I gave, so Charles came in uh, right as the top of the hour, right as we came back from our top of the hour break. Um, he came in, so it was a little bit late, so we didn't do any uh, you know, pre-talk or anything like that. And going to the break, uh, I said, I'm gonna, when we come back, I'm going to ask Charles about a rumor I've heard about him and see if he'll verify it. And then we went to the break, and he never really even said, hey, what are you going to ask me? Mm. Um, or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just knew that he would give an honest answer. And if he wanted to, you know, not talk about it, he would have been honest about that, too, I think. I think he would have said, you know, I just prefer not to talk about that. I'd have been fine. We would have moved on. But I just knew with Charles, you were going to get an honest, unvarnished answer. And that's all we got. Yeah. So you are a big golf guy. You are not just a fan yeah. of playing. You are a fan of watching golf. You, you've got to help me understand how this moves the needle for the live tour in a way that justifies the paycheck he's going to get. I understand the appeal of playing golf. Like I, I can't sit there and watch other people play. And I'm not telling you that I firmly believe I am in the majority, but I think given what the live tour is, and I don't mean the Saudi connections, I mean this brand new thing that not a whole lot of people really have wrapped their heads around yet. I, I really struggle to see how even a name like Charles Barkley you can justify the, what, probably 10 to $15 million you're going to have to pay the guy. I think it'll be more than that, to be honest with you, for him to do it. I don't think I, – I think that number's low, to be, to be quite frank. But um, so uh, – and, and, you know, following up on the time we spent together, uh, you know I have just spent four days in Atlanta for the right. Southeastern Conference Media Days, the SEC Media Days. And Charles spends a lot of time in Atlanta as well, so two nights – uh, we got together with Charles for a little bit and talked some more about this. And this was my suspicion before I even brought it back up to Charles, uh, was that I, I think the Live Tour initially launched and spent a ton of money on players. And basically their only mode of uh, distribution in the United States is through a YouTube channel. Right. Which is fine. They've actually gotten some pretty good numbers to that YouTube channel. But I, they have admitted their, their director of operations, their media guy, their media li- liaison, 
has admitted that they are very interested in some sort of more traditional media arrangement. Right. I think that he's also admitted that they tried to launch with Fox, even if it meant buying time on Fox, and they were refuted. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's probably going to be their only hope of the time by. Mm-hmm. But in the event they're ever going, and I think maybe they've gotten you know, look, CBS, NBC, and um, and ESPN are off the table. They've got PGA Tour deals, and there is zero chance those two are right. going to intermingle. So you know, you're down to Fox and Turner, and I think they probably realized our only hopes of getting any sort of more traditional media deal is to spice up a pretty bland presentation. I mean, I, I would have to say, I've watched a little bit of it. It's a bland presentation. What better does that than hiring a guy like Charles Barkley? And, you know, their whole their whole, their, their whole slogan is golf but louder. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to be the edgier, louder, uh, more vibrant version of what, you know, is the old country club, you know, PGA Tour. So a guy like Charles Barkley would accomplish that. If you go hire David Charity, and those that don't watch a lot of golf, David is an Irishman that played a little bit on the PGA Tour and the European Tour, some Ryder Cups. But he's a very entertaining guy. He's a big personality, and he's the most, not that this is a very high bar, but he's the most entertaining golf announcer <laughs> out there. So I think, I think their vision is you pair he and Charles together, and you've got something unlike golf television has ever had. And maybe that's what puts you over the hump of being able to get that type of deal with Fox or Turner or someone like that. You know, this is, I heard uh, Sean and RJ on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas talking about this. Uh, gosh, it may have been Wednesday, the, the day that it turns out that uh, that Charles and Greg Norman got together. But RJ Choppy is a big golf fan, and he was sort of explaining to Sean Sharif that this is, like, you cannot look at Charles's value to the live tour in the sense of what is he going to do for the traditional golf fan? This is clearly a play outside of, uh, you know, outside of getting the Ryan Browns of the world, who are going to watch the big tournaments no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I would I would equate this to, a, I think there are some similarities. This is not apples to apples entirely. But I would equate this to Monday Night Football, getting Dennis Miller or Tony Kornheiser, yeah. or even Rush Limbaugh. You know, they, they got guys that, were big personalities, and they wanted to add some entertainment. Now, why it's not apples to apples is Charles is a very well-respected athlete, and none of those other three, Tony Kornheiser, Dennis Miller, or Rush Limbaugh, were. So, you know, he does bring a perspective from an athletics point of view, and Charles is an avid golfer. So, you know, you would have a little more knowledge than your average person, but it's really about the entertainment value. It's about a guy that will mix it up, we'll be critical of the players if need be, we'll say things that nobody else is willing to say. I mean, you have to say that about Charles. Yeah. Whether you'll ever watch him do golf or not, Charles is willing to say the quiet parts out loud. He's willing to <laughs> say the things most people are not willing to say. Yeah, so the, I, I was thinking about that exact quality of Charles because Dan Patrick, who also has a good relationship with Charles Barkley, says that Barkley told him he certainly recognizes that there is a scenario where he has to leave TNT and inside the NBA if he wants to do this job with Live Golf. Now, I, I feel about the NBA the way you feel about golf. I will watch two teams I don't care about. I just enjoy the action. I would certainly hate to see Charles not be part of inside the NBA, but I go back to another interview that Dan Patrick did one time. This was with John Skipper. Uh, former head of ESPN, now runs Dan Levitard's Meadowlark Media Network. And Skipper talked about the reason that ESPN lost out on 
uh, Shaq was because Charles Barkley was telling him, you don't want to go to ESPN. You want to come to TNT where your entire work week is. Show up 15 minutes before we go on air. Like, it, it is that sort of loose atmosphere. I recognize that the live tour schedule is much shorter, right, than the regular season NBA schedule. But I I don't know that there is a major lifestyle advantage by leaving leaving inside the NBA for the live tour. Yeah, I mean, it would be you know, probably more financial than lifestyle. I would 100% agree with you. Uh, and, and the other thing to factor into that is, you know, there's a pretty good – Charles is a very big, you know, pitch man. I mean, Subway, mm-hmm. Capital One, Dick Sporting Goods, you would have to assume most, if not all of those, would go away as well. That's kind of the pattern most of these big corporate advertisers have followed in relation to the actual uh, professional golfers that have made this jump. So you would have to imagine they would probably do the same thing with Charles. Um the, the other thing, and this is why I, it's funny, you, you know, you bring up inside the NBA because Charles has a pretty good bit of leverage here. Right. He's still got some years. He's still got some years left on his Turner contract. But the big thing that is coming up soon, I think, for both Turner and ESPN, if I understand this correctly, is that the media rights deal for the NBA is up soon. Right. And you, you're a big NBA fan. I mean, I would argue the face of the NBA is LeBron James. I mean. The second face of the NBA might be Charles. And I know that's crazy to think about, but we, we were discussing this on our show today, Dimitri, and I made the point, this is always our gauge, right? Who's more who's more famous? And our right. gauge is always person X and person Y are walking through the airport. Who gets stopped <laughs> the most? And, and, and I, you know, my point was, take the Greek freak, and let he and Charles walk through the Kansas City airport, some random airport, who gets stopped for? I think it's Charles. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, mean, I think you're guy, right. Yeah, that guy's a big face in the NBA, and TNT, and Turner does not want to go into those negotiations without having Charles, you know, part of their part of their presentation. So I am quite certain that, that Turner is going to do everything in their power to keep Charles, for if it becomes a financial decision to keep him from leaving, Turner to go to live. And I just, I do not see a world where he can do both. I really don't. I, I don't. I don't think anybody around Charles thinks that that is that is a possibility right now. So that actually was going to be the next thing I ask you. So uh, it's sort of a two-part question with part one being how much of this do you think realistically is about Charles is interested in doing the live tour and would give up inside the NBA versus how much of it is, hey, now Turner has to listen. I mean, you know, you mentioned that the, the media rights deals are about to expire. The other thing kind of hanging out there as it relates to uh, the NBA media rights is Adam Silver would very much like to add a third media partner that is exclusively streaming. I, I mean, everything, the cost of everything is going to go up as it relates to that league. And I wouldn't blame Charles for wanting to to cash in on that if that is what this play is about. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it, too, has to do with Charles' age. And, you know, you, you would look at retirement, and he has said on our show many, many times, you know, I got five more years in me. I got three more years in me. I think Charles has three to five years left in him. Yeah. Now, he's been saying that a long time, but I really do believe he just had his first grandchild. And, you know, he wants to spend time with, with him and just enjoy retirement. Charles likes to travel, and he's got the ability to do that. But, you know, you could look at the Live Tour, if you're Charles, and say in three years, I, I can make more money than I ever dreamt of making. 
and right. just do it for three years and be done and get a big guarantee and be out of there. Whereas I would, just my guess, and it's an educated guess, but my guess is I think Turner would want a little bit of a longer contract because, again, the, the, one of the big values Charles brings to them is them being able to tell the NBA, hey, as we make this presentation to you for your media rights, we've got Charles signed through X year, you know. Right. We've got Charles right. for five more years, and that is important to them. So um, I, I think you could probably make more in less time with the live than he could with Turner. And I think it's it, – while it is a, a financial decision, I'm sure the, that time element I think is also very important to him. So, uh, so first of all, I would say, like, your point about Turner would like to be able to say to the NBA, look, we've got Charles locked down for X amount of time. I don't think your assessment is wrong that he's the second face of the NBA in the sense that, no, this player or that player might be above him. I think you could make the argument that he's kind of the face of the NBA. I mean, the Lakers missed the playoffs this year. LeBron is hurt a lot more than he used to be. Yeah, and Charles is on TV every bit as much as LeBron is. Right. I mean, <laughs> And that's the other thing is that is the most popular show of its kind. I mean, yeah. every I, th- I think every studio show has tried to emulate that show as much as they can, and and everyone else has failed to do it. I mean, they just they've got such a good chemistry. Ernie Johnson is a consummate professional, and Charles and Kenny and Shaq just they 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 rip on each other just the right amount. They understand that it's about entertainment. You don't have to constantly break down the X's and O's. People just want to have fun and check out for a little bit and they let them do that. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot going for Charles in terms of his leverage with Turner. And obviously he's got plenty of leverage with the, with the live tour, um, you know, to the point that Greg Norman just, um, just Wednesday night flew into town uh, to take Charles to dinner and, and try to wine and dine him and convince him that the, that should be his future. So you said you did not see a way that he could do both. Why not? Why couldn't Charles be the bridge to the live tour working out a deal with Turner? I mean, the, you know, the, uh, yeah. the brains behind the match is Phil Mickelson, who's part of the live tour now. Yeah. Yep. And that would be the way, I mean, to your point, you know, I think that would be the way that you could do both of these. Um, I just think if Turner has zero interest, because Turner is, you know, like I said, when you eliminate NBC, CBS, and ESPN, there are not many options left in this you know, shrinking world of media yeah. ownership that we, we live in. So Turner is going to have every opportunity to say we do or do not want to show live tour events. Now, in the event they decide to, or if there is some sort of time by that the live tour is able to work out with Turner, uh, yeah, I think maybe you could do both of them. I, I just, I don't know, from from what I, the people I've talked to within the industry and just the feeling I get from the talks I've had with Charles about this, I just don't think anybody believes that Turner would be interested be interested in in him doing this because of the optics of that tour. Now, the tricky part of this is the NBA has got to be really careful about not being hypocritical due to their relationship with China. You know, if if, if they come out and maybe take a stance on it, they run the risk of you know of appearing to be extremely hypocritical. So I think it would all be Turner's decision. I don't know that Silver or the NBA would would weigh in on this if Charles decided to do it. I mean, I, I hear like that. That's that's a very valid point. But I mean, it's 2022. Aren't we beyond uh, the word hypocritical meaning anything anymore? I mean, the NHL has a relationship with China. The NFL, the Major League Baseball, they all do, and the NBA is the only one people focus on. 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. No, you 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 make a valid point there, and and I think I think you're right about being beyond the word hypocritical. I think it's just almost almost an accepted state of being at right. this point, right? So, um, and that's why I don't think they I don't think the NBA would do that, and I I think this would all be a Turner decision. And that is where we say goodbye. A big thank you to Ryan Brown for being the guest this week. And a reminder that the Jason Barrett podcast starts on Tuesday. The first episode features a wonderful conversation uh, with Don Martin of Fox Sports Radio and KLAC out in Los Angeles. You do not want to miss it. You can go to whatever your favorite platform is and subscribe right now. We will talk to you next week, everybody. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.